Okay, welcome to High Cheese with Darren Maloney. Today is Friday, November 25th, 2022. And I think I may have a truncated version of uh, High Cheese today because it's Friday afternoon and we're in the middle of the Thanksgiving holiday for my family and I still have to make a trip up to my parents' house. So, um, And my wife will probably give me the hook uh, sometime in the middle of this, but I'm going to try to get as much done for you as I can. So with that said, Let's go to a summary of where we are with the uh, the midterms. So uh, right now it's confirmed that the Republicans have 220 seats in the House of Representatives, and there's two seats less left that are contested, and the Republicans are winning in both of those seats. So uh, most likely the Republicans will gain 222 seats in uh, the House of Representatives. Then we have the upcoming runoff between Herschel Walker and his opponent down in Georgia. Now let's take a quick trip out to Arizona and it appears that Carrie Lake has filed suit against Maricopa County to uh, for information regarding the election day debacle that they had. I have already in a previous episode outlined my observations during my experience as a poll worker here in New Jersey and Multiply that by 70, and that's what you have in Arizona. So apparently, there's going to be a lawsuit, or the Carrie Lake has already filed a lawsuit to get information uh, from Maricopa County on what happened on Election Day. So that suit's been filed. The counties have yet to certify the election. I think they they have until Monday to certify the election. There's several counties that will not certify yet, but most people seem to think that these uh, counties that have not yet certified will follow suit of Maricopa County when Maricopa County certifies the election. Now, apparently there's big protests over this weekend in Arizona in Maricopa County, so maybe that will delay the certification process. We don't know at this point, but at that point, once the election's been certified, Carrie Lake can sue again to contest a certification. So I think it's a smart move what she did. She filed suit initially just to gather information for the suit that she intends to file to contest the actual certification of the election. So we shall see on that. Now, there's a battle behind the scenes in the House of Representatives on who's going to be Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy is doing his darndest to get that. And earlier in the week, He's trying to add to his bona fides by saying that he's going to move to impeach Mayorkas for his actions at the border. So essentially he said, yeah, you're either going to resign or we're going to impeach you. We're going to have an investigation. We're going to impeach you. But there seems to be an underlying opposition to McCarthy. Because, look, quite frankly, McCarthy's been middle of the road for his time in Washington. And he's got this strange relationship with Frank Luntz. The pollster who claims he's a Republican, but really not. He's an anti-Trumper. So they've got some kind of weird relationship where they, they live together in a Washington, D.C. apartment. And Frank Luntz, is, he's the guy you see. He's like pudgy and he's got a bad hairpiece. But I think that's his moniker. He wants to be known as a guy with a bad hairpiece. But anyway, McCarthy's got that relationship with him, which is strange. So apparently there are a group of America First conservative people that are pushing back against McCarthy. So we'll see how this plays out because what happens is you need uh, 218 
votes to become Speaker of the House. Now, the rules say that it's a majority of those present when the vote has taken place. So it actually can be less than 218 if there's not a full House at the time of the vote. But assuming if there's a full, uh, everybody's in attendance, that he will need 218 votes. And that can come from Republicans or Democrats. So there could be an alternate candidate where some moderate, extremely moderate Republicans and Democrats get together and push their own candidate. And again, this is where the politics comes. Do you take away from McCarthy's votes and you increase the probability that some kind of candidate that's backed by both Democrats and Republicans become the Speaker of the House? I don't think it's possible, but this is all the stuff that people are trying to figure out behind the scenes. And it can be confusing. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because quite frankly, a lot of America First congressmen are skeptical of McCarthy. And I think it's healthy. Now, if he ultimately gets the Speaker of the House, well, these America First congressmen have to extract something from McCarthy in order to get their vote for Speaker of the House. So we shall see on that one. Now I know who leaked the Dobbs decision. I know. I know these things. And here's what I think happened. I think it was one of the Democratic Supreme Court justices, Sotomayor, Kagan, those are my top two. That they, One of those two were involved with leaking the Dobbs decision. And you know why I know this? Because this past week, the New York Times ran an article that said that Justice Alito leaked the Hobby Lobby decision to somebody before the decision came out. And this is how the Democrats work. Because what they think is that, well, if we're going to get hurt by something such as this Dobbs decision leak, well... We've got to create a story where it hurts the Republicans also because the Democrats are so cynical and they look down on the voter that they think that all they have to do is create an alternate scenario where the Republicans were doing the same thing. And then people will say, well, what's the big deal? They both do it. And that's what the Democrats rely on. It's called projection, but at the same time, it's projection with a created narrative. Because they're hoping that people just say, ah, what the heck? They both do it. So when this comes out, if it actually comes out, I'm not sure that Justice Roberts has the guts to release this information. And the other thing that I know that it's one of the Supreme Court justices involved, why is this taking so long? Why is Roberts dragging his feet on this decision? So again, if you look at the letter, apparently this letter that was run by the New York Times, it was from a former anti-abortion leader. And he wrote a letter to Chief Justice that essentially said, well, I heard from somebody and they said that Justice Alito told them that this is the decision on Hobby Lobby. Again, secondhand sources. But again, this is how they act. And this leads me to believe that it was either Sotomayor or Kagan or another Democrat justice that was involved with leaking this. So we shall see. So apparently a lot of people ticked off at Vladimir Zelensky. For not apologizing to Poland for shooting two missiles that killed two Polish citizens. Now, he offered his condolences, but never took accountability for the actual strike coming from his troops. And with that said, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back here. And I want to take us back to uh, episode 10. I think it's from February 28th, right around there, where this whole scenario I played out 
So let's go to this clip from my episode 10, taken from February 28th, or around there, where I point out what is likely to happen, which quite frankly it did. So let's go to the clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. There's only one thing that concerns me right now, and it's Article 5 of NATO. And Article 5 of NATO says that an attack on one of the member countries is an attack on all of them. So say you attack Poland, for example, they're a member of NATO. That means all the countries that are members of NATO will come in and attack, attack you. And what I'm worried about is a false flag. Now, there are evil people out there. And I'm worried about an evil person, whether it's from the U.S. or whether it's from NATO or whomever, wants to create a false flag that draws Russia into responding and attacking a member of NATO. That concerns me. And God forbid it's from our own CIA or somebody else involved with government. And unfortunately, I do think it's possible. And that does worry me. So I was right on target with that one. Now, just an addendum, the reporter from AP that ran this story that wanted to start World War III, well, he was fired this week. And the AP gave the excuse that, well, he only had one source. And in real journalism, you're supposed to have two sources at least. And they fired him for that. Well, my point is, why are you stopping at the reporter? How about the editors that allowed this story to go through? And who was their source? I think they referenced intelligence sources. Well, who was that person? And what were his motives? So we shall say. So Bob Chappick, the CEO of Disney, was fired this past week. And Bob Iger, the former CEO, has taken over. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back again. But in episode 26, and that was from April 22nd, I predicted this. So what I want to do is let's go back to this clip, episode 26, around April 22nd of this year. I give my observations of what's going to happen. It's short and sweet. So let's go to the clip and then we'll come back and discuss. And I think what's going to have to happen is if there's any resolution to this thing, is the current CEO of Disney is going to have to resign, Chopik. Now, just a refresher, Chopik is the uh, CEO that took on Ron DeSantis over his anti-grooming bill. And it didn't work out too well for Chopik. Now, Iger's not much better, but I think he's a little smoother, and I think he uh, would not have taken DeSantis on head-on on this. And from what I've heard is that Iger wants to sell Disney, and that would be really interesting. Maybe Elon Musk can buy Disney. If he's got a couple extra bucks on the side, maybe he can buy Disney. So if you're listening, Elon, you got Twitter, buy Disney. So we shall see. You know, I want to spend a couple of minutes on these advertisements from this company called Balenciaga, a high-end fashion company. And there are three ads that I just found really disturbing. And I'm sure you've heard of it, but I just want to give you my two cents on it. The first one is, it shows a, a girl, maybe about 10 years old, holding a teddy bear dressed in dominatrix type of gear. The second advertisement has a kid. And in the advertisement, there is a copy of a Supreme Court decision that has to do with pedophilia. So you think they're trying to stick this in our face? And it's sick. 
and we shouldn't tolerate it. Now, there's a third advertisement. In, in the background, there's a book. It's from uh, Michael Borman. And Borman is a painter and filmmaker whose themes include pedophilia. So again, they are just sticking it in our faces. And to those parents who have daughters, they're not safe. And then the company comes out and says, oh, we apologize. We didn't know. Oh, you knew. Then the photographer made a statement. All I did was take the pictures. I wasn't hired to set up the scenes. Oh, really? So you thought it was okay that you took pictures of a 10-year-old girl holding a teddy bear dressed as a dominatrix? Well, let me tell you something. This photographer, dollars to donuts, would have raised hell if that one girl, instead of wear, uh, showing a teddy bear or holding a teddy bear that was dressed as a dominatrix, was wearing a Trump t-shirt. You would have heard that photographer for miles. Oh, I'm not doing this. This is terrible. But it's okay to sexualize kids. Now, I worked in the fashion industry. And if I had a daughter, I would not let a daughter go near anything that has to do with with the fashion industry. Oh, by the way, how about the parents? The parents of these these kids, these what were they thinking about? Did they ever ask what they the kids were going to be doing? So the parents of these children that were used in these advertisements, you have to take a second look at what you're doing with your kids. But we've got to fight the sexualization of children. And the last thing I want to point out is that the company that owns Balenciaga, it's called the Caring Group. Well, they're members of the World Economic Forum. And one of their executives is a member herself of the World Economic Forum. So think about that. And one thing I just wanted to point out is we have to do something to make sure that we stopped ranked choice voting. The new voting procedure that they used in Alaska that essentially screwed Palin. Now, what ranked choice voting is, it doesn't allow you to make a binary decision on two candidates. You rank all the candidates. Who's your first choice? Who's your second choice? And then they use all those choices to come up with a winner. And I think we have to stop it because decisions are binary. Elections are binary. And I got a feeling that the Democrats are going to use this and they're going to try to push this in various states to help their candidates. Because quite frankly, this uh, ranked choice voting, it can be gamed. And Democrats love to game the system. Whether it's ballot harvesting, whether it's sending out ballots before debates, they love to game the system. And this type of voting allows Democrats to game the system. And I got a feeling the Democrats in the future are going to try to run with this over the next few years and try to establish ranked choice voting for the 2024 election. And we have to stop it. And if you hear about it in your states... You call your elected officials, your state representatives, to say, we will not accept this. And the RNC better get out there and make sure that this doesn't happen, too. Because the Democrats, they love to game the system, like I said before. They came out when they had these mail-in ballots. Their eyes lit up. It's a way to cheat. Trump got cheated. You got cheated in 2020. And then they just refined their get-out-the-vote. Operation 2022. And now they're on to the next thing, dollars to donuts. And the next thing they're going to try is ranked choice voting. So be on the lookout for that. So we shall see. All right, the market's not finished yet. So we're still midday in the market. So I'm not going to make any comments on the market. And and with that said, I just got the two-minute warning. So I have to go. Um, I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. And I shall talk to you 
next week. And again, thank you so much for listening.